good to soak in the presence of God. We're going to do that a bit later on. I'm just going to take a bit of time to prepare you for something slightly different this week. Same format as last week. And just to remind you, after I awaken an idea, hopefully, inside of people this morning, we're going to sing that song again and allow us time to actually soak in the presence of God and to actually ask the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us. And at the end of that time, I'm going to dismiss those of you who are watching online. I'm going to pray with you and then leave you to your own devices. But when I do that, those of you who are here, we're actually going to spend some extra time praying with one another. So just because I dismiss the people online doesn't mean that you need to rush out of the door. Um, There was a bit of a stampede last Sunday. I think I... uh, gave people the wrong impression. Uh, So you may be seated. Um, If I can have the uh, pulpit. Last week, we we talked about the importance of being filled with the Spirit of God to enable us to actually live what we would call the Christian life. Uh, Because the idea that we can live life as Christ intended without the power of the Holy Spirit is a falsehood. And it tricks lots of Christians into a state of guilt, a state of exhaustion, uh, and even, even depression. As, as we, read the, we read our Bible, we read Scripture, we discover what it says about what we should be doing, how we should be thinking, uh, how we should view God and, and the world. And we find ourselves unable to live up to its high ideals in our own strength. Has anybody found that or is that just me? Just who said that? <laughs> Thanks for that support. So who knows that we can get this revelation that it isn't possible to be a Christian as an exercise of our own will. But we also struggle with the fact that if that's the case and we need the Holy Spirit, how do we we stay filled with the Holy Spirit? How do we we hear from the Spirit? I I was listening to the radio on the way down and and there was a, a lovely person speaking about how God told them to write a book. And while I understand the principle, God has never told me to do anything. And so it's one of those things when people come to you and say, well, I heard from God last night and and he's told me to do this. I don't know about you, perhaps God speaks to you like that, but I think, well, how did that actually happen? How how do I hear from the Holy Spirit? And so we we struggle with these things. How do we live a a spirit-filled life? Yeah, it's great to say, God bless you all. You go out this this morning into the world and you you guys just live a spirit-filled life. And uh, it's, it's a lovely thing to say, but most of you would go out the door thinking, what am I meant to do? And so if we, if we struggle with doing that, if we struggle with being filled with the Holy Spirit, we've got to ask the question, what's holding us back? What stops us connecting with God or connecting with the Holy Spirit as deeply and as consistently as we'd like to? Now, of course, if you're happy, Uh, with your level of connection or your level of relationship with God and you're not seeking anything deeper, then this message is not for you. Uh, If you're at home, you can go and make a cup of coffee now 
Um, if you're here, you probably have to still sit here because the, the coffee people are not going over until I've finished. They have had strict orders. But this message is not for you. But most of us, there's always room for growth in our relationship with God through His Holy Spirit. In fact, if we look in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, it says, So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Now you still think that's a, that's a weird scripture. Now we have to acknowledge here that Jesus is talking to Jewish people with a history of connecting with God through a tradition of sacrificial gifts. And so to convert that tradition into a Christian mindset, we've got to look at the way we're able to connect with God in a post-resurrection world. We don't present sacrifices in the temple. And so that's, we, we need to look at that. What, how do we connect with God? And so how do we connect with God? What are, what are the, the main ways that we develop and maintain a spiritual connection with God? Anybody got any ideas? Prayer, that's a good one. Worship, praise and worship, we've just been doing that. Anything else? Yeah, we have those books, bestsellers. Um, uh, reading, reading the Word. Uh, anything else? Any other? Loving one another? Fellowship, yeah. Um, yeah, praying in tongues. Tithing. It's not one we often think of as connecting with God. Even doing good works in our community is a way of connection. And I think it's very easy for us, especially in a church, to focus on those things as Christians and just try to be better at them. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty, I think, of getting up here and saying, well, you need to pray more, you need to read your Bible more, you need to, uh, what was the last one? Read the, read the Bible, did I say that? Praise more, praise and worship. And so we, we work at not only getting better at those, but just trying to remember what they are. Um, and th that's our focus as Christians. We, we, we see our connection with God as, as a function of our, our prayer life, our, our scriptural life, and, and our, our praise and worship to God, the honor and the praise that we give God. Um, and they are. They're very important. But they're not the only thing. We may be missing something here. Because if you look in... in this verse in Matthew, notice that Jesus says, before you do those things, before you open your Bible, before you put on that special worship playlist, uh, playlist, playlist, you can pray and play at the same time, before you open your Bible, before you spend time in prayer, stop and ask yourself, does someone have something against me? Now, we've got to look at the language here because it doesn't mean that uh, you sort of think, well, my next door neighbor doesn't like me because I'm a Christian. Or my boss doesn't like me because he votes liberal and I vote labor. Or I feel discriminated against because of my race, gender, hair color, whatever. Pick one or more than one. It's, that's not what I'm talking about. It's not things that people have against you just because they don't like who you are, what you represent. It's talking here about if somebody's got something against you because of something you have done or said to them. And sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes 
We say things deliberately. Sometimes it's just plain thoughtlessness. But our actions and our words sometimes hurt, denigrate and diminish other people. And we know that we've upset them. Sometimes we know because they've told us, usually in no uncertain terms. And we have to make a decision at that point whether we get our back up and reply in kind or whether we're actually humble enough to apologise. The other thing that might happen is just that our conscience raises that little red flag. Okay? Perhaps you spoke a little harshly then. Ah, rubbish, no, I didn't. Perhaps you did. Really? Or perhaps you did something and, you know, your conscience, or in my case, your wife, will tell you that perhaps that was <laughs> inappropriate, that I may have been acting in a less than Christ-like manner. Because it's easy for me, I just have to drop a T and I act like it in a Chris-like manner. No, okay. I won't, I won't use that one again. It just came to me on the spur of the moment, no. I, I, I won't, I won't uh, yeah, erase that one from the podcast, please. So there's a, there's a twist in this scripture that, that it's not just the things that we think about doing to get closer to God that are important. It's actually our relationship with other people. And Jesus actually turns this upside down. He says, get your relationships right with other people before you attempt to get your relationship right with me. And we're thinking, whoa, I hadn't thought of it that way before. That seems to be a different emphasis than what I'm used to. And, and, and hear me right, I don't think this, the thrust of this scripture is to give us more conditions to meet or more tasks to perform to be able to get closer to God. Because after all, we should recognise that Jesus' death and resurrection is the sacrifice that makes us holy, not our own attempts at holiness. But it's actually more about allowing the Holy Spirit to really change us in a way that is more fundamental than just having the discipline to work at our relationship with God. It's about allowing real and lasting change in our habits, in our thought processes, and in our life choices through our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know I'm talking scary stuff here. Because this is, change doesn't follow rule books. Change isn't a 10-step to success path. Change is actually taking the time to look inside ourselves, to allow God to work in us with unexpected results. Who knows that God doesn't do things the way we anticipate or think or imagine? That sometimes the answers he gives us are not what we're looking for. Because it often means changes in me and not changes in those other people who need them far more than us. And they're the things that hold us back. This ties in with what Jesus says later in Matthew chapter 22. A verse I think you're probably all familiar with. In verse 37. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So he doesn't say these are some nice add-ons. These are amendments to what you should be doing. It says the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based 
on these two commandments. And so what this tells us is there are things that we do have control over that we may not have even considered as important in deepening our relationship with the Holy Spirit. So today, as we move into a time of soaking, as the worship team continues with that song, Nothing Else, I think it'd be a good time for each and every one of us to ask the Holy Spirit what changes He would like to see in us rather than just the litany you hear from the front of worship more, pray more, and read your Bible more. Because there is more than just those three. Ask yourself, is there a fundamental anchor that is preventing you from moving forward in your faith walk? We might be unaware of these things. Or we may have even dismissed them as irrelevant. Because who knows that whenever somebody points out faults in our own life they're usually irrelevant yeah people say that but I don't believe it yeah people have asked me about to change that but I don't think it's important or just downright denial that's not me accept me the way I am this is how I come get used to it well no the Holy Spirit says I'm sick of it (laughs) and we need to be truthful and honest with ourselves and let God get us out of the way and speak into our lives to actually do something that causes permanent and fundamental and deep change. Next week, we're going to discuss different ways we can release those anchors. Because although God might point out what they are, He may give us revelation He gives the work to us. I know that you'd rather he didn't, but he does. But this morning, I just want us to let the Holy Spirit reveal them to us. And we're going to do that in a moment. But before the worship team leads us in a time of worship, I just want to offer people the opportunity to take the first steps on that faith walk, which is to accept that Jesus died and rose again for your sins. Not just our sins as a whole, but my sins and your sins and he calls us to individually recognize that not just as a church but as individual creations of almighty God to actually say that we acknowledge that he is our Lord and our Savior and if you're watching online I encourage you if you want to do that this morning just press that raise hand button in the chat and one of our team members We'll get together with you and walk you through, no pun intended, those first steps. If you're here this morning and you want to do that, then please come and see me immediately after the service, and I'd love to help you do that. But for the rest of us who are in the arms of God, we believe that He is our Lord and Saviour, but we are desperate, and if we're not desperate, we should be desperate, to enhance and deepen and increase our relationship with God. Let's all stand. Let's listen. You can can sing. If it's uncomfortable to stand, stay seated. You need to be comfortable in, in, in a place where you can stand for a few minutes and just allow the distractions around you to fade away and to let God speak into your life through His Holy Spirit. 
be brave. Ask him to reveal what is holding you back. It may be that you need to read your Bible more, pray more, and worship God. But they're not the only things. There are changes that God wants us to make in our lives, which may actually change our lives today if we can actually grab hold of those things and get a revelation that there's something else we need to do as well. So I'm going to ask the worship team to start playing that song through again. And we're going to do it for a couple of minutes. And then I'm going to come back up here, pray with you guys online. And then I'm going to open up the altar here uh, for people who would like prayer around that whole issue of letting the Holy Spirit speak into our lives. So take it away.